Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Well, welcome to church this morning. We're starting a new series today, and I'm so excited for it, called Kingdom Life. And before we get into that, I just want to take a minute and say we have an awesome pastor. Would you agree? We have such an amazing pastor, leader. You know, when I think about someone who lives, walks, teaches, and loves like Jesus, I can't help but think of anyone else but Pastor Keith. Just the way he believes in people, the way he values people, really looks like Jesus to me. And so I want to just take a minute and say thank you to Pastor Keith for believing in people and for fulfilling God's call in his life. He's such an amazing pastor. Amen, church? We're so blessed. But as we go on into the message, I want to tell you a little bit about myself because maybe you haven't seen me up here before. My name's Noah. I'm one of the pastors on the staff here. And one thing that's very important about me is I'm a football fan. Do we have any football fans here? Come on. I love football. And my favorite team, if you didn't know, is the Chiefs. You know why? That's God's team. The Chiefs are God's team. And I used to be a Vikings fan, big Vikings fan, but then I got saved. Like, I met Jesus. And so if you're a Vikings fan, there's hope for you. I just want to let you know that this morning. But all jokes, all jokes aside, I'm a big Chiefs fan, and for the last several years I've been a Chiefs fan, as long as I've watched football. And for some reason, I'd never been to a game in person. I'd never had the opportunity to go down and watch a game. And for me, that was a big deal, and I wanted to change that. So this past weekend, uh, if you didn't know, Pastor Keith is my father, and I'm so blessed to have him as a father-in-law and a pastor. But he told us coming up to Christmas, our family, that he didn't want more gifts. I have enough stuff. So if you want to get Pastor Keith something, he, he has enough stuff. He doesn't need more gifts. He said, I want experiences. I want experiences with my family. I want experiences with the people I love. And so my wife, Jade, and I decided with Christmas coming up that we were going to get him tickets so him and I could go down and watch the Kansas City Chiefs together. And so we went last weekend, and we got to watch God's team play. And they won. It was a good week. But we got to watch the Chiefs play. And I've watched Patrick Mahomes for a lot of years. Phenomenal quarterback. I've watched him play on TV for years. But there is something different about being there in person. There is something different when you get to hear the noise in the stadium, the energy, the passion, when you see how he's reacting on the field, how quick he thinks. There's something different about that. And I say that to say that there's a different experience you have when you get up close and personal, when you have an up-close encounter. And I think it's the same with church. I think there's a lot of people who might call themselves Jesus fans but aren't up close and personal with Jesus. There's a lot of people who call themselves Christians, yet they come on a Sunday just to take for themselves. And then they walk away, and they don't live a changed life. They don't live a godly life. And so in this series, Kingdom Life, we want to help you. What does it mean to live a kingdom life? That's what we want to accomplish together. And what I want to ask you is, have you had a close encounter with Jesus? Have you truly had a close encounter with Jesus? Because once you've had this encounter, everything changes. Everything changes. 
And what happens is we get a purpose. We get meaning to our life when we encounter Jesus. We have a future, a call we get to fulfill. That's what happens when we truly meet Jesus. And, you know, I really believe that every series we do as a church is a life changer. I wholeheartedly believe that. If, if we would just take and apply everything we learn on a weekend, I believe that we would live a changed life. So I believe that every series we've done has power and significance. But to me, this is the most important series we've done. This series is so significant because we need to live the kingdom life. Everything else is good, but this is the foundation. This is what we get to build off of. And so kingdom life, this is really personal to me. Because I see so many Christians who don't live in the authority of God. So many Christians who don't look like they really know him. They don't seem like they get it. And that's what we need to be living. And talking about kingdoms, there's been a lot of powerful kingdoms in human history. Would you agree with that? We've seen a lot of powerful kingdoms for better or for worse. We've seen Napoleon's France. Looking back in history, very powerful, dominant military force. Nazi Germany. These aren't great examples of positive things, but there was so much power that Nazi Germany really believed they were going to rule for a thousand years. Talk about power, talk about confidence, talk about control. There's so many examples I could give you. The Russian Empire, the Zhou Dynasty, and these are only a few. Kingdoms that came in, they conquered, they took over, they dominated, they had power, they had success, they had wealth. And do you know what all these kingdoms have in common? Not one exists today. Not one. They're all gone. They're all dead. Because the deal is, every single man-made kingdom, and there's a lot in this world, every single man-made kingdom will come to an end. Every single attempt from us to build something great will come to an end. It'll die. That's the reality. There is only one kingdom that will exist forever, and that's God's kingdom the kingdom we're called to live in. And that's why for the next four weeks, I'd encourage you to join with us as we ask the question, what does it mean to live a kingdom life? What does it mean to live in and from the kingdom of God? That's the question we're going to be asking. So I'd encourage you to be with us. But as we look at the Bible, we see that kingdom is a pretty significant thing. The word kingdom shows up 473 times in the Bible. And if you've taken classes, if you've studied it all, one of the things that's very important and shows value and worth in the Bible is repetition. If you see a word come up over and over again, even just twice, you know that, okay, there's something significant here. I should probably take a closer look. So when we see the word kingdom show up 473 times, I think it's wrong of us to assume we know what that means and we should probably take a closer look together. On the night Jesus was arrested and sentenced to die, he made the statement, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. See, Jesus knew that a man-made kingdom wasn't enough. Like Jesus wouldn't have been tortured. He wouldn't have been beaten. He wouldn't have suffered. He wouldn't have died a brutal death. If he didn't believe that this kingdom was worth it, he wouldn't have done that for a man-made kingdom that would disappear. He endured on the cross all our sins, all of our sufferings, because he knew that it was going to change your life. 
He knew it would make a difference. This kingdom has power. And if the kingdom of God is the only kingdom that'll last forever, if it's the only one worth living in, then how do we do it? How do we do it? Well, today is the beginning of the series, and we're going to talk about the first step, the first way to live the kingdom life. And it's one word, encounter. It starts with an encounter. When you really meet Jesus is when the kingdom life starts for you. And I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm not talking about making it every week to a service. I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about a life repentance. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship. Like, do you really know Jesus? Are you up close and personal with him? Do you know Jesus? And that's why the vision statement is that everyone would meet Jesus, right? Because we believe as a church, we believe that when you meet Jesus, everything changes. Like there's no way you can meet him and not change. And so I know it's confusing because sometimes that word everything gets thrown around. And I want to tell you, when we say everything changes, we mean everything changes. You can't meet Jesus and walk away the same. Your whole life will be transformed when you truly meet Jesus. And if maybe you feel like my, my life hasn't changed that much, I'm, I'm not that different. Maybe you need to ask yourself, have I really met him? Have I really met Jesus? Or have I met church? Have I met religion? Have I met what everyone else is telling me? You see, the two greatest days of our lives, one, the day you were born, two, the day you figure out why, And the reality is everyone was born of God and everyone was born for God. In the Psalms, we read that God knit us together in our mother's womb. That we didn't just evolve from something. We didn't just appear randomly. But God created us. He chose us. He made us. He wanted us. He loves us. We're not a mistake And so many people feel like a mistake, and until you really own this, that you're not a mistake, you're going to keep making mistakes. You're going to live out of that identity rather than living in the identity that Christ paid for for you. But I want you to look up here. We're not just designed by God, but for God with a purpose. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So he knows, not us, and they're his plans, not ours. And that's good news. I just want to tell you that. That is good news because I don't think our plans are good enough. Psalm 37, 23 says, our steps have been ordered by God the Lord. And you see, everything God created has purpose, order, and perfection to it. Everything God created. And I don't know if we really believe that, but that's true. You know, in the Bible it says, and what God made was, do you know what it says? Good. And what God made was good. And that includes your life. Whether you weren't intended by your parents, God intended for you. If you feel like a mistake, God wanted you. If you feel like you don't have value, God gave you value. And it's our job to own that and to find out our why. Why did God give me life? Why did he choose me? Why, when I've been rejected, did God accept and approve of me? It's our job to own that and figure out why. 
And all of this becomes possible when we really encounter Jesus. We'll really encounter him, which is the beginning of the kingdom life. How many times have you heard Pastor Keith say, starters are a dime a dozen, but finishers are one in a million? How many times have we heard that, right? We hear that all the time. Well, God is about finishing. So maybe you feel like you haven't started off on the right foot. Maybe you feel like you've come to church and you're still not living the right life. God is about how you finish. It starts now. You get another chance. He wants you to finish well, and he'll help you with that. But the fact is, everyone is born, but not everyone's born again. Everyone is born, but not everyone's born again. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to John chapter 3. I'm going to be reading out of John chapter 3 about a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee and a member of the Sanhedrin. So John chapter 3, starting in verse 1. I'll give you a second to get there. It says this. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. So he believed in Jesus. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sounds but cannot tell where it is, where it comes from, or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand this? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And a lot of us have heard this last part. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is a very profound conversation. I don't want us to look over this. Everyone is born once, but not everyone is born again. To understand the meaning of this, to understand the purpose of why you're created, you must encounter Jesus. But I'm not talking about an encounter by introduction. I don't want to encourage you to go down for a cup of coffee with Jesus and sit and chat for half an hour. I'm talking about an encounter by reproduction. I'm talking about like a baby meeting their mother for the first time and being completely dependent on them and trusting 
whatever they're told, whatever they're taught, that's how we need to meet Jesus. That's how we need to encounter Jesus, with a posture of humility and brokenness and depending on him. Because I want you to listen to this. Our purpose here is not to build our own kingdom. Our purpose here isn't to build our own kingdom. I want you to raise your hands and tell me how many of you have heard of these U.S. companies? Continental Airlines. You heard of it? Kmart. Okay. Oldsmobile. Okay. How about Toys R Us? Okay. None of these companies exist anymore. None of them. All of them were very successful. They made a lot of money. They thought they would never die. They thought they'd never shut down. And none of them exist today. Why? Because everything we try to build, everything we try to create, everything we try to sustain won't last. It won't last. Yet how many people spend their lives trying to build something? How many people spend their lives trying to make a name for themselves, be known, when it'll never last? It never stays. Too many people, I think, tend to start out here. Oh, I have to build the right relationships that benefit me. Oh, I have to build a brand. I have to build my product, my company. I have to get people to like me. Too many people tend to start out here and it never lasts rather than starting here and getting right with God. Getting right with God, this is going to work itself out. This is when you get to do something that's eternal, that makes a difference. We need to get right with God. We need to truly encounter Jesus. And then we get to do what God has for us. There's an old saying that goes, you want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. And it is so true. Because I know before I really met Jesus, my plans were all about me. How can I make myself look better? How can I get what I want? They're always self-gratifying, self-fulfilling, and self-sustaining. When in reality, our plans can't sustain themselves. They don't last. You can look at it time and time again. They'll never last. And the, so the kingdom of life requires a kingdom encounter. And once we really grasp that is when we get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. I know so many people, oh, I just want to make a difference. I just want to be a part of something bigger than myself. This is how you do it. It's when you stop caring about what you get, how you look. You meet Jesus and you buy in. I'm all in. Holding nothing back. That's what happens. This, the Pharisees didn't get this because in Luke it says this. Now having been questioned by them, the Pharisees, as to when the kingdom of God was coming, Jesus answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is in your midst. I don't want us to miss what Jesus was saying. It's not found in what you do. It's not found in who you think you are. You don't have to try to be enough. You don't have to try to look a certain way. You don't have to try to fit in. He said, I am the kingdom of God. It's him. Jesus is the kingdom of God. So everything you want in life, the true deep desires of your heart are all fulfilled in Jesus. 
You don't need to look elsewhere. Jesus will fulfill those if you really meet him. And that's meant to be a relief. I've spent too much of my life trying to strive, trying to work and exhaust myself to be something, to do something. When Jesus says, just love me. Just love me and the rest is going to come out of this. The rest will flow out of that. Look what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. I want to simplify it for you. Basically what Paul is saying is, it's his world, we're just living in it. He made it. He sustained it. He chose everyone that was there. It's his world. We're just living in it. And I think it's pretty obvious Paul got this. He was in the church. He helped build the church 2,000 years ago, and we're still here today. So Paul was on to something. He really understood the kingdom of God. And so here's the good news I want to give you. If you came in today feeling discouraged, if you came in today that you're doubting, you feel defeated, Listen to what God's word has to say to you. When you encounter Jesus, your past no longer has power over you. That's powerful. Your past no longer has power over you. For Jesus rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the, say it with me, kingdom. All right, we're going to do this a few more times. We're going to keep practicing. Transferred us over to the kingdom, thank you, of his beloved son. When you encounter Jesus, you're adopted into God's family as one of his children. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his kingdom household. Awesome. When you encounter Jesus, you don't have to prove yourself by building your kingdom, which won't last. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When you encounter Jesus, you've been freed, but not just freed from something. You're not just freed from your past. You're not just freed from your hurt. You're not just freed from the old you. You're freed for something, for a purpose, for a future. When you encounter Jesus, it says, therefore, since we receive a kingdom, which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. And finally, when you encounter Jesus, you know where you're going when you leave this earth. You know where you're going. You know you're going to be with the Father. The scriptures say, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I can give you endless examples of what happens when you really encounter Jesus. A deaf man hears, blind man sees, a leper is healed, a paralyzed man begins to walk, a prostitute finds purpose. There is so many examples of what we get to do, what happens when we meet Jesus and we join in his kingdom. And the same thing can happen for us. He wants to do it again. So I ask, which kingdom do you want to build? 
Do you want to build your kingdom? Or do you want to build God's kingdom? And I, I seriously think we need to reflect on this. Is how I'm living at home showing that I'm about God's kingdom or my kingdom? Is how I treat people at work showing that I want to build his kingdom or my kingdom? Do we really want to be about God's business? Or are we too caught up in what we're doing? And I want to give you three key questions to ask yourself. The first one is this. Where does your confidence come from? If you really reflect, if you really examine, where does your confidence come from? Does it come from your abilities? Does it come from your performance, your practice? Or does it come from your father who created you? Your father who loves you? Second one, who do your gifts and abilities promote? We all have God-given gifts. We all have God-given abilities. Who are they promoting? Are they promoting your name, your appearance, or God's? Are they pointing people to you or Jesus? And the third one, are you building an earthly kingdom or a heavenly kingdom? Are you building an earthly kingdom or a heavenly kingdom? How do we receive an encounter with Jesus? Where does this all happen? Well, it starts with conviction. It starts with a heart, an attitude that says, God, my ways aren't working. Everything I've tried, everything I've worked for, everything I've tried to build up, everything I've tried to grow isn't working. It's not working. It's not accomplishing what I set out to. I need you. And what happens when we meet Jesus, we come into his kingdom, but what happens when we're in his kingdom? We need an identity change. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad the old Noah's gone. Like, I'm so glad that the old Noah is gone. We need an identity change in this new kingdom because we don't work for his kingdom. We work from it. We're all in. We're bought in for God's kingdom. And it's why as we read the Bible, we see so many name changes. A lot of the significance, the power of a name change is an identity change. You got Saul, who changed to Paul. You got Simon, who became Peter. There's a reason for that. The Bible says the old is gone, the new is come. That's what happens when you meet Jesus. You're a new person in his kingdom. And according to Jesus, none of us are good enough on our own. We're not good enough. We can't build something. We can't do something. And if you reflect upon your life, I think you'd agree with that statement. It's been said, you don't realize that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. So we have to come broken. God, I have nothing to offer. God, I can't amount to anything. I need you. That's when we get to be a part of his kingdom. That's when we get to do what God has for us. So what happens when someone's had a genuine encounter with Jesus? I'm going to give you three things. The first is this. There will be a conversion. There will be a conversion. You're going to experience the light of Jesus in you. The old is gone, the new has come. The light of Jesus in you. The second one, there will be a consecration. You're going to experience the life of Jesus in you. You're set apart. You have a new life to live. There will be a consecration. And the third one, there will be a communion. There will be a communion. You will experience the love of God in you. His love for you, in you, and living through you. That's what happens when you encounter Jesus. And you won't experience any one of them without the other. 
Every single one is just important and evidence of truly meeting Jesus. So I'd ask you today, do you need a fresh encounter with Jesus? Do you really need to meet Jesus? Even if you've met him, we constantly need an encounter with Jesus. We need him. There's, a, there's no one, in my opinion, as I read the Bible, who knew greater what an encounter with Jesus meant than a man named Paul. There's no one. I mean, you talk about life change. There's a man who makes his living, is very successful because he's persecuting and killing Christians. Persecuting and killing Christians. He's literally killing God's people. Hates them. And then he meets Jesus. I want you to think about that. He's against everything God is for. And God looks at him and says, that's the person I want. That's who I want to use. I love him. I care about him. And Paul met Jesus. He had this encounter. And he walks away different. He builds the church. Not to make him look great. Not because it's about him. But because God used him. Because he stepped in. God, whatever it takes. Whatever you need me for. And Paul, as a result of that, wrote letters. We read them in the Bible. Two-thirds of the New Testament is Paul's letters. And so I'd encourage you, if you really want to live the kingdom life, if you really want to be about what God's about, why don't you take this class? Why wouldn't you? If you know Jesus, if you've met Jesus, all you want to do is help other people do the same. That's what we're here for. If you're not dead, he's not done using you. And taking these classes, what you're going to learn is Paul really had a heart for the church. He really had a heart for people to be Jesus and live that out. But we got to first know who Paul is. And that's what these classes are. These classes are central to who we are as a church. You might say, I don't have time. What's more important than God's word? Seriously, think about it. What's more important than God's word? What's more important than learning it, being able to live it? That's what we get to do. And I know, I know from seeing it, I know from experiencing it, the classes will change your life. Like, I think we need to put a guarantee on it. Like, come back and your life isn't changed, we'll give you everything. Because I promise you these classes will change your life. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know where to go, this is a perfect opportunity. The deadline is the 15th to sign up for the class, so we don't have much time, but there is so much power in this. We've seen marriages restored that seemed like they were gone, seemed like they're lost. They're never too far gone for God. Marriages restored. We've seen people saved because of these classes. They thought they knew Jesus, but they just knew church. They just knew religion. We see people get saved. And so we're going all in as a church on these classes. And I'd encourage you, are you all in? Because this is how we're doing it. There's no better way to go and meet Jesus and be Jesus than through the word of God. And that's why we're going to promote them time and time again. It'll change your life, but not just yours. It's going to change your neighbor's life. It's going to change your family's life. It's going to change your friend's lives. That's what it does. And like we've been talking about, this all begins with an encounter with Jesus.
It all starts when we really encounter Jesus. So I'd ask that you'd bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. If you're here and you've never had an encounter with Jesus, maybe you've known church, maybe you've known religion, maybe you haven't. If you haven't had an encounter with Jesus or you just need a fresh encounter with Jesus, the Bible says if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That is a promise, that is a guarantee from God. And salvation is the product of meeting Jesus. So if you want to live this kingdom life, it starts here and it lives when you go out of this building. But I encourage you, if you want to make that decision, you can join with me either out loud or in your heart and repeat after me. Jesus, I don't want to keep trying to build my own kingdom. What I've tried hasn't worked. God, I need you. Thank you for what you've done for me in your death and in your resurrection. Guide me as I live a life for you and surround me with godly people who can help me on the way. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.